Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Will. Hi, Will. Hello, Will. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. It's great having you. Will, I was particularly excited to have you on today. Uh, Well, I am Uh, excited to be here. It's always exciting when our guest has never seen an episode of Ghost Adventures. Uh, uh, Yes, this is my first episode ever. And your last no, Maybe not. not last. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what I like to hear. What is? What was your initial impression of this show? I would say my initial impression of this show was it seems to be a little bit all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, some very positive things emerged and some very mm, not quite sure how to characterize that moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the experience of watching Ghost Adventures. <laughs> we fooled ourselves today. We thought we were going to go to our neighboring state of Idaho, but we actually went to Texas for this episode. Because it turns out there are two Black Swan Inns. Yes. We went to San Antonio, Texas. To visit the Black Swan Inn, as Cassie said. The Black Swan Inn is a former plantation, though I believe there was some confusion here. Yeah, so they said that this place was built in 1867, but I read, I read online that it was built in 1887, so I'm not quite sure which is right. So it kind of casts a lot of doubt on uh, everything <laughs> that really, all the historical Yeah, those were a critical 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot happened in there. Yeah. Um, and it was built by a guy named Heinrich Mahler. Is that, yes. is that yes. how you pronounce yeah. his last name? So. Mm-hmm. It was a dairy, they say dairy plantation. But again, we're not yeah, quite sure. It's where sure. you plant the cows and, and harvest the cows once they've sprouted. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and they do go over a little bit of the history behind this land. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as you know, it's Texas and Texas used to be a part of Mexico. And specifically, this area was the site of an 1840 battle called the Battle of Salado. And this took place after, let me let me get my notes real quick. So we don't, we're not really familiar, too familiar with Texas history, but we did a little bit of researching. So the Republic of... More, t- more than Zach. More, Almost certainly more <laughs> yes, than Zach. more than Zach. Yeah. <laughs> the public school system has failed Zach Baggins. So the... The Republic of Texas was formed from 1836 to 1846, and it was the result of the Texas Revolution. So that's when America took control of a portion of what is present-day Texas. Just sort of decided this is ours now. Yeah, it was a war. And then there was like the remainder of present-day Texas was still a part technically of Mexico, and the United States wanted it. And basically what we've found through our research is that America asked for the land, Mexico said no, and then America did what it is very good at doing by taking over the land by force. Hey, can we live here? No. Okay. Well, we're going to live here We're going to live here, and we're going (laughs) to also, we're going to kill many of you. Yeah. Yes, this is ours now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the Battle of Salado, I was really, I was really upset by how this 
history was framed in the show because the way oh, yeah. the way Zach oh, Bagans yeah. described it as was that Texas was defending their independence from Mexico and from an invading Mexican force. Yes, which especially in which, these dark times we live in is extremely charged language. Yes, although I mean, I, yeah. Anyway, so yes, technically at the time at the time by the definition of ownership that the United States was using, yes, we air quotes owned. This land. Because we took it over by force. Yes. And Mexico at the time was trying to regain parts of that land back. And so this is one of those instances. And it really wasn't so much of a battle as it was a massacre because only one Texan was killed. Whereas... I think it was 62. Yeah, it was over 60 Mexicans that were killed and over 100 were wounded. Yeah. So it was definitely a massacre. That's what happened. As far as we we know from the research we did and from the tiny bit of research that Zach Beggins did or the lack of research that he did. Did y'all notice that when they did the reenactment, when they showed all of the mangled bodies on the field, it was like mostly American soldiers? I don't even know. Oh, also another reason why it was a massacre was apparently, and this is from the, the, the source that I looked at, American soldiers left all the bodies to just rot on the field. Oh my God. Yeah, they were not buried, nothing. They were left to rot. Yeah. Well. So, so so if you're the kind of person who believes in ghosts, this is like heavily ghost saturated land, yep. you know, desecrated bodies and that kind of thing. Very, very ghosty. And then we, I mean, pretty like no duh to us, but <laughs> I guess the ghost adventures crew didn't realize it until they actually like met face to face with an indigenous person that this oh, land, yeah, Gary. this land was previously this land is homeland to Native Americans. This is their original land. And white settlers... Took it. <laughs> took it. And also, like, Native Americans as in a part of Mexico. Like Yeah, Native Central Americans. Yeah. Indigenous people from... This is where the whole... The, the nomenclature we use for the people that lived here before colonization kind of falls apart. Yeah. Because we... You can't... Obviously... Okay, I don't want to get super into that. But, like, th- this, these were people who were Native and Indigenous to... The Central American area and to what we now know as Texas. And some of those people were sort of like also part of a combined ethnic group from previous span- expositions, expeditions from Spain. Yeah. Basically, this land was is the homeland of many indigenous cultures and different nations, including indigenous people from the current country of Mexico, which was colonized by Spain. So a lot, basically all of North America, Central America, South America, a lot of it experienced colonialism, a lot of Western Europeans taking over the land by force. A lot force of empire building going on. And by genocide. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's like the history before even the Texas-American conflict and all that crap. So that's um, what we're dealing with. Zach Bacons does not approach it with any level of, the, with anywhere near, with anywhere near this extremely what I feel to be rudimentary level of of historical background that we're giving it mm-hmm. like he's just playing soldiers in you know I don't really I don't blame him well maybe given his age like he, he should have done at least yeah. some research but again public schools in America are really bad about teaching indigenous history and also history that's not from an American lens I would go as far as to say that a lot of public education and that relates to the indigenous populations of the northern of the North American continent is just straight up propaganda yeah, yeah. I, I would go so far as to say that I don't think that that may sound a little extreme I don't think it's that extreme mm-hmm. because of I don't know there's no way you can go to public school in the United States K through 12 
12 and and achieve or or it would be extremely rare to go through K through 12 public education in the United States and achieve an actual understanding no. of what happened here. Right, because you get a very biased perception. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And well, there's no nobody seems to really be interested in mm-hmm. rewriting this. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a very western white patriarchal perspective on yeah. these ideas. Yeah. I mean, I grew up I went to school in Colorado and New Jersey and I received very little like actual like indigenous history education. Mm-hmm. I think the most the most research we did into indigenous cultures was my eighth grade teacher having us watch uh, what's the film with Kevin McAllister, Dances with Wolves. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh, oh and and the last and the last of the Mohicans. That oh. was it. <laughs> yeah, that's all we watched too. Yeah. To to my middle school's credit, they made us read Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, oh. which is about the Battle of Wounded Knee and everything right. that led up to it, which is actually wow, like okay. a really good account. But the thing is we were 13 mm-hmm. and rowdy dipshits mm-hmm. who weren't and at the age who we weren't at the age exactly right. they, we were not old enough because we had been go, we had been through six years of public education of teachers telling us that the pilgrims and the indians learned how to make corn at thanks at the that's, first thanksgiving yep, yep. like yeah. that's that was the extent of the the knowledge that we had been taught yeah. so like maybe if there was some lead in maybe if there was some understanding in early education about mm-hmm. how like hey guys this land is more than Columbus discovering the yes, new world. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. right. And actually, you know, Washington State is the first and only state I've ever lived in, and I've lived in quite a few states, that requires its high school students to actually, like, learn Washington State indigenous history. Yeah. Like, they have to, I think it's complete some sort of project that covers indigenous history of the Washington State land. Um, You have to do that in order to graduate, and I think that's a great idea. Like, I think that should be everywhere. Yeah, we did Virginia history, but nothing like what you were describing. Yeah. Well, that's your background. We're going to not talk about that for the rest of the episode because Zach doesn't talk. Well, we're going to talk about it. But when I say we, I mean the Ghost Adventures crew. They barely speak at all about the actual history of this place. They just kind of detour straight from that into introducing the current owner of the Black Swan Inn, who is way into ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is like Zach's pot of gold right here. He loves when the people who live at this place are like really invested in ghost things because it means that they can have a lot of like talk shop about it. Oh, and keep in mind that this place is an event venue now. Yeah, you can like go there and get married or whatever. So part of this is going to be like publicity. Yes. Yeah, people live there too. So Joanne Rivera lives here with her family. Uh, She has, she is married and has two children and it already is open for tours and things like that because we also talked to a couple of tour guides. But Joanne is really into ghosts and she has done investigations here. She has a room in this home called a psychomantium. Which is like a closet with a mirror and a chair. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) And she says it is used for scrying. She said that she said that it has become that room. So yeah. she's what was it? A closet. <laughs> Helping her bring forth spirits, so to speak, I think is what she said. Yeah. She said like something dark happened to her in there. And now it's a psychomantium. And now it's a, so it's like, why would you want to encourage that more if it was dark? Or if you know, if it was I don't know, like, especially if your kids apparently are being bruised and stuff by some dark forces, like, why would you want to encourage that? I just don't get it. Well, this is the Travel Channel. 
yeah, so, so Zach doesn't really comment much on the psychomantium other than to say that it might be the reason why we have ghosts here, basically, is because you're opening the door with that thing. He doesn't really address that, though. No, it also never comes up again for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I thought that was strange that it didn't pop up again, seemingly how much of a big deal it I figured to be at that one point. Well, they do that a lot, though. They, it's, okay. They it, bring stuff up and then never go back to it. It's exactly the kind of place they usually send Aaron into by himself. That's true. Like, yeah, why didn't they send why didn't they, in there? That's what I'm thinking is that like usually when you see a room that's like, oh, this is where the real dark shit is, they're like, Aaron, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne tells us that there have been numerous deaths in the house. No surprise, because if you live in an old house, there sure. will no doubtably have been lots of deaths because people used to just die at home in their bed and keep their dead in there until they started to decompose because people weren't sure exactly like what death meant and if you were actually dead. And also, we used to be just a more death-positive culture where it was just yeah. a part of the cycle of life and you just face it when it happens. So, so her mom died in the home. Yeah, recently. actually recently, yeah. And she feels her presence... Yeah, she has already tried to do investigations where she's tried to contact her mom. That becomes a big focus for the episode, actually, is getting in mm-hmm. touch with Joanne's mom. Joanne discusses some of the stuff that the ghosts apparently do, and it's not pleasant at all. No, and um, they do some really intense reenact- reenacting of it, too, which yeah. made me pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. A little overblown. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, that the ghost inappropriately touches female visitors of the 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 building and then they talk she starts talking about how the ghosts have or the spirits whatever they are have started or they, they've been impacting her children yeah and that's very worrisome to hear both of those things yeah yeah and that like they've been waking up with bruises specifically the girl zach interviews the kids and they talk to him about this stuff uh, you can tell that the girl's very uncomfortable talking about it. And then the boy mentions, like, something that he saw on the staircases. It was troubling. This I'm, was troubling to me. I'm yeah. I'm really concerned. I feel like if a child exhibits bruises of any kind, that is usually an indication of some sort of physical abuse. And especially, I, I don't want to get too into it, but, like, especially when those bruises are on somewhere that is not obvious... Yeah. Because that is a that is a very common tactic uh, that abusive family members will use. Yeah. Is to strike the child somewhere where if if the child is in public, the mark will not be visible, uh-huh. such as the legs. Yeah, like where she said she had her bruises. Yes. Yeah. So this is, is troubling Texas. To me. You're probably not going to wear pants that often because it's hot. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I'm concerned. I'm not I'm not saying that any family members are to blame, but I don't. I, I would be concerned about this situation yeah. from an outsider perspective or as a parent. Like, yeah. Well, it's certainly possible that there is some form of corporal punishment happening in the home. This yeah. is the Deep South. Well, also, siblings can do Yes, exactly. Too. Right. Um, good good and, spot And there. sometimes children will manifest these traumas into something that isn't real. Like, they'll... They'll, they'll, they'll say it was a ghost. Yeah, they'll dissociate there's a, there's a mean from it. Ghost, kind yeah, of. like the black shadowy figure with the red eyes that she talked about. Yeah, now that could have been sleep paralysis because that's a very common image. I'm not. Tr- yeah, we're not trying to sweep it under the rug, but, but there there are there are non paranormal explanations for basically everything that these kids talk about. Yeah. Right. Not to mention also the fact that kids 
kids sometimes have more vivid mm-hmm. hallucin- hallucinatory. Kids see things often mm-hmm. that adults don't see. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something paranormal about that, but maybe it also just has to do with the forming brain. Yeah. You know, we're not, way- we're not saying this stuff is not happening. We're just saying that there could be real life causes for this stuff. We even see some photos of the bruises. They show it. They yeah. Show it. And, and it's intense. These yeah. are, yeah, these it's are not welts. like light bruises or anything. No, these yeah. are dark and it's, it's troubling. And I would be troubled if I were Joanne. Yeah. Uh, we also go into the creamery. The creamery is the building that is off the house. It's still on the property, but it's like next door, basically. And it was built by, well, <laughs> they say it was built by Heinrich. I think he probably commissioned that. I'm not certain he was putting it together by hand. Yeah, all uh, the slaves did it. Mm-hmm. It is a plantation, after all. We learn a lot from Angelka, who is our tour guide. Who has really awesome hair. She's very cool style, Angelka. Oh, yes. Will made a comment that this is the kind of hair he'd like to have. Oh, yes, indeed. Dark red is what I want. Dark red and long, like candy red, like Mary Jane Watson red. <laughs> like Ariel the Little Mermaid red. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she says that she talks to Heinrich in here and she heard him go, get out. And we get that very famous like text on the screen, triple replay of get out on the TV. <laughs> we also meet Victor and Victor has had a really tough year. Very tough. Victor has been going through some things, and we're going to say some stuff about what he's been through. And I don't want it to be interpreted as like minimizing what has happened to him, but because he has had two really terrifying medical emergencies Mm -hmm. that happened very close to one another. And he believes that the house is to blame for all of this. Specifically, he says that he specifically he had a gallbladder issue. He said that he went to the the, the hospital the ER. or the ER yeah, and so they this found, was like sudden onset they found that his gallbladder was twisted and crushed and I, I'm not quite sure what exactly that means like on a, a more detailed level but, um, but it didn't look the way you would want it to look right and did he say he had surgery for it or he did say he went into surgery for that okay and then he said later and how long afterwards was uh, it? The the time period between these two events was not well illustrated. Okay. He said he had he suffered a stroke, which was very serious. Yeah. Um, so we're lucky. So I'm glad that Victor is still with us. Yes, me too. Because a stroke is, even when you're yeah. young, a stroke is not always, you don't always live through that. Right. Or you don't recover well. Yeah. And he um, seems to be getting around all yeah, right. Yeah. So um, good for him. But... <laughs> Again, we try and look at things through like a realistic lens. Or maybe realistic is a little non paranormal. Non paranormal lens. I mean, obviously, he had major health issues. I did look up you can suffer a stroke after surgery because of blood clotting. It's clotting, yeah. So there, there could be like just completely natural explanations for this stuff. He believes that it was associated with the dark presence because he felt. The dark presence. Well, he also heard things. So that yeah. is, that's a, a key part of it is that he heard the, the spirit say, I'll hurt you and I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the link we're establishing here is he, at first he heard the spirit say, I'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. And he interprets that as being the gallbladder issue. Mm-hmm. And then he lived in fear for a while mm-hmm. because he also remembered that it said, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And that's what he attributes. That's why he attributes the stroke to the spirit also, because mm-hmm. it's sort of like the second salvo, the second attack that's meant to kill him. Yeah. He also said he experienced a, on the night of, 
of the gallbladder surgery, the re- he was in the home, in this place, mm-hmm. and he felt a, a tingling, pulling sensation in his feet, mm-hmm. followed by a sensation of being grabbed inside his abdomen. Mm-hmm. So these are, I mean, these are probably related to the gallbladder issue, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. both of these things. Mm-hmm. Not- also potentially circulation issues. Yeah. If, since he suffered from a stroke. Mm-hmm. But we, I mean, in the end, we don't get too much more clarity on this stuff. Mm-hmm. We talk with Linda, who is married to Victor, and Linda is also very troubled by being here. Uh, Victor and Linda really just don't like coming here very much, and they both attest to the fact that usually it takes Victor a couple of days to recover from visiting this place. So I just hope that Zach compensated these poor people mm-hmm. for the two days of their time that they lost mm-hmm. to dealing with this. I'm glad that Victor got medical help. Yes. That's good. Yeah, and he attributed it also. He mentioned that it was the only Texan that had died at the battle that was likely That's right. the person who was maybe the the, perp- the ghost that was the perpetrator. Yeah, so Zach says that there's a ghost racially profiling Victor, and that's why this is happening to him, mm-hmm. is because the racist Texas ghost man is, like, trying to kill Victor because he's uh, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was the only Texan that died in the battle that we talked about earlier. <laughs> yes. Right. We get Also, we get no data on this person, this no. Texan man. We nope. don't learn a name or anything like that. He is just the dead Texan. Then uh, um, Zach finds some horse shit outside. Yeah. Uh, he finds a big, big, big pile turd. of turd. And he decides to poke at it with a stick and then try and fling it at Aaron. Yeah, Zach and Aaron get in a shit fight. And then he literally, Zach literally, with his own bare hands, picks up the horse shit and chases Aaron with it. And they play the, like, we're just boys goofing around music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was really... Just not tonally appropriate for the rest of the show. No. No. So this is where they go hunting for trigger objects. Yeah, They get literally. Joanne's husband, whose name I'm forgetting... Uh, has a few metal detectors. Wait, that was Joanne's husband? Yeah, that was Joanne's husband, that oh, guy. Oh, the guy oh. with the ball cap. Yeah. Okay, okay. Joanne's husband shows him around the property. The, the two kids accompany the Ghost Adventures crew and Billy on sort of a treasure hunting gig, and they find nothing of value. <laughs> they find the coolest thing they find is like a gas cap from a car or something like that. They find some nickels. They found a some part of a fence. Yeah. There's a great moment, though, where they find a quarter from 1999, and Zach says, but if you look at it the other way, 666. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, the most grasping at straws I've ever seen them do on this show. To to a point where it almost seemed like I couldn't tell whether he was being goofy or not. Because they were kind of goofing a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were made uncomfortable by some things and had to get goofy. Yeah. That tends to happen in very serious, like, especially when they're in the South or anywhere, well, pretty much anywhere that <laughs> has sad history, which is most of America or all of America. But yeah, um, they, they don't like it to get too serious. And this is after this is where we meet Gary, Gary Perez, who is the custodian of the Native American Church National Trust. He's the one who sort of reminds Zach of this place's <laughs> history, gives him some very rudimentary understanding, uh, and also mentions that, yeah, this place was a was a holy site for the people that lived here. Yeah, he talks about um, a spring. There was a spring here that was considered very holy. Yeah. Um, it was like a site of a pilgrimage. You would go here with your family. And this was also like part of their, their creation story. Their creation story says that they were born from the spring. Wow. That was mm-hmm. 20 feet tall. It was a 20 wow. foot tall geyser. That's yeah, awesome. and it was taller when there was a full moon. Yeah, because of the tides. I'm wondering, 
about the geological history of this place now? Uh, it's probably going to be a lot of ocean sediments mm. because Texas area used to be covered with a shallow ocean. Yeah, probably similar to that of Mississippi and Louisiana, I would imagine. Yeah, and multiple, mul- like m- multiple different oceans over time, probably. Mm-hmm. Definitely the Mid Interior Seaway during the Cretaceous period, right? right? Yep. Yeah, so lots of sandstones, siltstones, limestones, fossil, like, like, oceanic type fossils of corals and and things like that. Would that have made the ground uh, uh, fertile and conducive for growing crops? I'm just saying it would make sense if this was like an especially fertile or active place because that's typically where you get early civilization, like the Fertile Crescent. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. I mean, I don't know how direct of a role that plays. I do know that obviously that area, that area, especially into Mississippi and Alabama, were rich and heavy into agriculture throughout Mm -hmm. the 1800s. Well, and that's because of the the Mississippi River, right? Yep. All the water draining into that area. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, western Texas is pretty dry, and San Antonio is San Antonio is like southeast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure, to be honest, but... I wouldn't be surprised if the geyser is associated with limestone because mm-hmm. I remember when I lived in the Midwest in Indiana, there's a lot of springs that have to do with um, the dissolving of limestone. Right, and, some karst areas. Yeah, karst areas, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's about it for the pre-lockdown segment. Anything oh, else I'm missing here? Got, uh, Gary Perez also mentioned that many of the Mexicans in the army and, and the battle we're indigenous people. Yep. And that is something that Zach doesn't seem to... Zach feels like, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm getting all this. This is why we go back to Zach being failed by the by the United States public education system. Because it's like, well, yeah, yeah man, this colonizing happened everywhere in this continent. By the way, when we say that the public education system has failed Zach Beggins, we're not we're not demonizing public education. Oh no, public education is great. We are advocating for better, for better. funding yeah. and a better system. Make it stronger, not weaker. So yeah, the lockdown's happening now. Uh, Joanne's coming with us because she's got that mojo. She already loves ghost hunting. Oh, that's right. And Zach starts with his whole, we're just here to learn. We're not here to provoke. So we're giving you that respect. We want to know more about this fascinating world you live in. You know, nice cop. Yeah, he's giving him the good cop. Yeah. <laughs> it, it always goes from good cop to bad cop. Zach does good cop, bad cop by himself. Yeah. He does not. Yeah. He, like, turns around and puts the bad cop mustache on later on in the episode. But, of course, like, I mean, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even do this consistently. Like, he doesn't even do this in every episode. They almost immediately hear these really loud footsteps, where, which we could definitely hear. Yeah. They are definitely yeah. Oh, yeah. footsteps. Like, you could hear the floor creaking and he talks about that too um and as he's like kind of freaking out about it like the camera pans and you just see in back of him this really creepy clown painting picture on the wall (laughs) yep and it's never mentioned i thought that they would mention it because zach Zach has a fear of clowns among other things so when they go down they go down to talk to joanne about the footsteps and what they say they say to her is like do you know what that was and he and she says well the question isn't what but who and then we never get any elaboration on that right yeah it kind of just goes off into another direction afterwards <laughs> then a device comes out that i'd love to talk to you about will called the sb7 spirit box do you remember this yes i do remember do you, this. okay so, before max gets yeah. into it do you want to explain what you think it does i don't i think for me I, this spirit box seems rather questionable <laughs> <laughs> i'm 
I'm just trying to think about like how some sort of almost it's like this idea of spontaneous generation in biology about yeah, how yeah. life just appears from non-life and how eyes come from meat. Right. Yes. And it's like it seems like the spirit box is just this voice is supposed to emerge from next to nothing. And I just question its existence and validity. <laughs> so here's, a lot. here's how it works. Um, We're supposed to work. I'll give you the ghost hunting version. The spirit box scans through FM radio stations. Okay. And supposedly ghosts speak in the white noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why it just sounds like... Because that's just the space in between radio stations on the FM band of the EM uh, spectrum. Oh, okay. This reminds me of some sort of thing from space where we're like going extraterrestrial, so to speak, and trying to figure out life forms in another world or if they exist or not. Zach would say it's probably similar. Yeah, that or like black matter or something like that. So basically what they do is they set up two spirit boxes so that they can prove once and for all that the spirit voices are not radio stations they are actually ghosts because the whole basis for proving something on Ghost Adventures, Will, is that, like, if you get a false positive, if you can create a situation where you get evidence and no evidence, then you've gotten good evidence. It's not very scientific. I was going to say, I'm curious about the strength of this evidence. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. So what they do is they get two spirit boxes and the goal is to get a spirit voice on one of the boxes, but not the other. And that will conclusively prove that it's real ghosts using the spirit box. They don't even do that. They get a spirit voice that Zach says came through only one of them, but I'm looking at the fucking screen and it's on both of them. <laughs> it just makes the one like kind of pause for a second and then keep going. And folks, as a person who records audio every week... Sometimes it just does that. It does. The shit just stutters sometimes. Sometimes it just completely stops. And we're and we're both looking at the screen like, oh shit, did it? Is this still recording? Okay, it's still recording. Because guess what? Audio recording programs are not very they're not liable. perfect. Great, like there's not a perfect one. They don't exist. They crash a lot. Yeah, and they're kind of a big drain. Like I would, my computer's chugging a little bit right now. I can hear it. Yeah. So. <sighs> Just don't trust this part. Don't trust Zach when he tells don't you about trust technology. This man. So then after getting this evidence, they put one of the spirit boxes away so they can concentrate on it. It's like why did you Why did you do this? Like <laughs> <laughs> What was the point? The point was Zach again, Zach was reading the comments and he'd gotten tired of people saying that it's just radio stations. Can I just pause for a second and point out our cat? Wait, don't 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 don't, don't disturb. But do you see how the tail's, like, against the curtain? Yeah. Which makes me believe... So she's laying in one of those hammocks that you can buy at, like, Walmart. We're not advocating Walmart, but... You, you, you stick it to the window with suction cups, and cats fucking love them. Oh, it's the best. Anyway, she's laying, I think, with her back towards the curtain and her tail's up against the curtain, which leads me to suspect that her asshole is just in full view. Yep. Max is nodding his head. Okay. All right. Anyway, back to She's the fucking conked out right now. She just had her medicine. Lydia has a disorder called hyperesthesia, which is, uh, it causes her to, um, causes her pain sensors to get a lot of false positives. And we give her a medicine for that. And the medicine has a side effect of making her very sleepy. Yeah. So she just took her medicine about an hour ago and she's dead and will come back to life in a moment. 
but Maybe for right a few hours. For right now, we're enjoying <laughs> it. Uh, she's so peaceful when she sleeps. I yeah. love it. All right, where are we? The fucking oh, the spirit box is useless in this episode. Also, God, I just thought that like, the bean is like Lyra. How Miss Coulter drugs her up so she'll just relax. Oh shit, dude. <laughs> We don't do it for Fucking that. big uh, His Dark Material spoilers. <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, dude, okay, listen, it's 2019. We can talk about what happens in His Dark Materials. Those no, books I'm came out in the hurt. 90s. I'm just worried it's going to be like animal cruelty. Like we're drugging our cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, also separated her from her demon with a oh. guillotine machine. Oh. Oh. Is she emerging? Oh. No. Yeah, just stretch. <laughs> just a stretch. <laughs> so then um, the spirit box... Oh yeah, Zach's like. What's the name what? of the battle that happened here? And then the the, sp- the spirit apparently says which one. And all of these don't sound like the actual. Words. None of this sounds like, like that. They're just they're just making shit up. Will next time you watch it when you're when you're getting to one of these places, they put the text on the screen of what they think it is. Uh-huh. Close your eyes and you will hear gibberish. Yeah. Because if you see the text, your brain will make it sound like that. And that's something they rely on a lot. That's kind of the impression that I was getting from anything that was, quote unquote, emerging from the spirit box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of false positive and a lot of, like, priming. You have to really prime people to hear what you want them to hear. At one point, they ask how many spirits are here. And the spirit box says, eight. They and interpret- then Zach's like, oh my god, like, when we were talking to Joanne earlier, she, she counted eight spirits. And then the words eight spirits flash yellow and red on the screen, covering the entire screen. <laughs> so you get it. So you really get it. Oh, and then, uh, as it turns out, Joanne says that one of the voices she heard on the spirit box sounds like her mom. So it's time to bring Joanne in. Previously, Joanne was just kind of hanging out in Nerve Center with Billy and Jay. And Nick brings her into the home, and they go around the house trying to communicate with Joanne's mother. And and we hear again Nick's from Nick, catchphrase. his catchphrase, feeling that electricity jolt through my body. He loves to say that. That's That phrase, those words, jolting through my body. Electricity uh, jolting through my body. I was going to say, I didn't know electricity had that ability. <laughs> yeah, usually when that happens, you're dead. <laughs> usually this kills the man. Uh, but it doesn't kill Nick. Nick's still going. Did I mention to y'all that Nick's like a fitness guy on Twitter now? Yeah. It's really weird. Really? to me, yeah. Um, <laughs> have to follow him for sure. Maybe while he was on Ghost Adventures, Zach was like, no, you can't. I have to be the strong one. So Zach- now he's, fl- uh, yeah, they had a division. They're not together anymore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Zach and Nick. And Zach is obsessed with weightlifting, obviously. Like, he's kind of bragged about it on some videos before. Like, people just look at me like I'm crazy lifting this 50-pound weight. 60. Sorry. Point of okay. order. Right. <laughs> so maybe Nick is like... Now I get to be the buff now one. Now it's my turn. So when when Joanne comes in, uh, Zach also goes into, and they send Aaron out by himself to do a thermal cam sweep of the entire property. Um, but he spends most of his time in the dairy. But we'll get to that in a second. So what they're doing with Joanne is... Joanne is a real one. Joanne is a true believer. She mm-hmm. loves ghosts. Mm-hmm. And she and her mom... This is like, this is amazing to me that they did this. Joanne and her mom came up with a code word Mm -hmm. so that after Joanne's mom died, Joanne could be sure she was communicating with her mom. Mm -hmm. So I guess the plan is like, you are going to say, if if I'm talking, trying to talk to ghosts, if you hear me trying to talk to ghosts, say the code word so I know it's you. And that 
speaks to a level of ghost preparedness that is kind of charming to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of cool that she that she is, like, this into it. Mm-hmm. Her mother sounds kind of like a fun lady. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We find out. We f- Surprise, surprise. We find out later that the code word is... Bozier. Bozier, which is, like, a casino in Texas. It's, that- a, well, it's a neighboring town. Okay. That has a casino in it. Gotcha. That Joanne's mom loved to go to. Yeah. She sounds <laughs> like kind of a... A fun, a fun spirit. Uh, while Aaron is in the creamery, almost nothing really happens. He gets, they do, he sees a figure or the thermal cam sees a figure that Zach says looks like it's wearing a tank top. <laughs> so bad. Okay. It's one of those instances where they're like diagram drawing arrows, labeling where head, the head, shoulders, shoulders. knees, toes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's like, there's no tank top. What are you talking about? And even if it was a ghost, why would it be wearing a tank top? Yeah, ghosts wear clothes. Well, like, it's just not very, like, chrono- like time-wise. Yeah. What's the word? Chron- it's an anachronism. Thank a you, A ghost yes. with, a, with a t-shirt on. Yeah. So they have, like, a total failure of equipment. They get the spirit box out. They hear nothing. They get the ovalis out. They hear nothing. Zach, in desperation, gets the spirit box out one last time. And after a long period of questioning, he thinks they... Well, what they hear is... And this is the Bozier. Mm-hmm, this is, mm-hmm. Zach at first thinks it says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And this becomes, like, a theme here. So, like, he says he thinks he hears, I love you. And then everybody says that they feel, like, a loving, calming presence. Mm-hmm. And then when Joanne decides it says Bozier, she interprets this to be like Zach heard the loving intention behind that. And that's why he heard I love you. And Joanne has a really nice moment. She gets a lot of closure and she feels really good about this. So I don't want to make fun of her for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is having a very emotional moment in like a really positive way. Yeah. And, but Zach pats himself on the back a lot for it in a way that I think is gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because this is Joanne's, this is a cool moment for her. This is probably yeah. something she's been looking forward to for like most of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely something she's been looking forward to since her mom's death. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she had this. Yeah. I wish it didn't have to be televised. <laughs> And I wish Zach Bagans didn't have to be there for it. But that's about it, really, right? Like, um, Well, we get Aaron, he's... Um, oh, I love Aaron in this episode. Aaron, uh, yeah, he's just walking I heard around. there's some gnarly entities in here. He's like, I was hoping you could move something, throw something around. <laughs> you know how he talks. And then he hears a noise. And then, oh, that's when he catches the thermal image. Yes. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I jumped the gun. There are two more things that happened that I loved. One is they get a anomaly that when they show us the footage oh, that proves it's not a bug, they show us footage of a bug. It looks so much like the footage of the bug <laughs> that is like you shouldn't have shown that. You know what I mean? Because it look, if you squint, you can see the wings going a little bit on the anomaly. <laughs> and they say it's definitely not a bug. This is what a bug looks like. Ignore the fact that it looks the same because this is not a bug. And then they say it's like the tip of a sword going through the air. And then they show like video footage like superimposed (laughs) on top of the orb footage of a guy with a sword using it. Slowly swinging it. Slowly swinging it. Yeah, it was really goofy. And then Zach goes to have a like turn the chair around backwards heart to heart with the bad ghosts that are in the kids rooms. You know how he plays bad cop. No contact with these ghosts. None whatsoever. But as they're leaving they notice or, or I guess later during the edit they notice a shadow and they hype us all up and like zoom in on it show the shadow moving and then they determine it's a rat or a mouse it's just a rat it's just a cute little rat but before this happened 
they get audio of Civil War reenactment. Oh my god, I forgot about this. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they end up playing it inside of the main building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hoping that it'll trigger some battle spirits, and they don't really get anything. That's when they get the mist that's a bug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was special. And that was it. That's, yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Will, what, how about, how's, how's that Ghost Adventures? I think it's ready to watch another one. That's how <laughs> I'm thinking about Ghost Adventures right about now. Uh, it's a very different show these days. Would you be surprised if I told you it's in its 16th season? Yes. Very surprised. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it would make it that long. <laughs> We just watched one that is from the eighth season. Oh, wow. Um, so these, this is their level of proficiency after seven years of doing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, so what was your favorite part of the episode? I would say definitely the first part of the episode where they were talking about, well, articulating their misconceptions about American history mm-hmm. and not really attending to the indigenous history of the area. Yes. That really, it's something I think about very often. So mm-hmm. that's what stood out to me. Yeah. I had several favorite parts. One being the sword thing. Another being the... The battle audio, yeah. I think my favorite part was the uh, sword, was the man slowly swinging a sword, because it just really illustrates how far gone these dudes are <laughs> in their like ability to determine what is reality. So it's tweet, tweet Watch time. We do a segment called Tweet Watch, Will, where the uh, we just browse through Zach Bacon's Twitter and see what he's up to. It's really oh, fun. awesome. And Cassie always hands me the phone. Because I apparently do a good Zach Bacon's impression. You ever run into an old childhood friend you haven't seen in years and the whole time just and the whole time they're talk. I'm going to start over on this one, folks. You ever run into an old childhood friend you haven't seen in years and the whole time they talking, you're just figuring out how their face has changed. As my gramps would say, it's hotter than a goat's ass walking through a pepper patch. Has been hotter than fuck lately. It has. <laughs> I miss walking through the Blockbuster video new release section and reading the back of the boxes. Already over this bright ass sunny hot summer. Me too, Zach. Hashtag climate change. <laughs> uh, Van- T- Zach Bacon's retweeting a TMZ story. Vanilla Ice gets freaked out at Zach Bacon's <laughs> Haunted Museum. Do you want to look at this? Yeah, let's do okay. it. That dipshit hat. He's wearing that stupid fucking hat. Zach Baggins has this, like, round hat that he wears. He thinks it's cool, I think. He wears it in everything. Thank goodness he's not wearing it in the, the, the picture we have of him on our wall. Oh, basically Vanilla Ice just went in on a tour and got spooked by some real skeletons. The end. The end. That's TMZ for you, folks. Um, anything else? Um, got a couple of reviews. We got some new reviews. Oh, yeah, we got a new review. We got a new review to read for you. Remember, you can get your reviews read on our show. Uh, go to Facebook or go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, probably the ones on Apple Podcasts are a little better for our visibility, but we love getting reviews anywhere. So if you want to help us reach a wider audience, reviews are super helpful. Telling your friends is super helpful, too. We have a new review from Victor who says, Discovered, then listened to five episodes in a row. Ten out of ten. Thank you, Victor. That's great. Wow. Mm. Hope you had a good day off listening to five episodes of our podcast. All right, we have a review on fe- er, uh, we have a review on iTunes by Kira Calls Inestro. Um, it is five stars. It says very entertaining. 
A very entertaining show. They also try their best to be politically correct while talking about a show that has some offensive but pretty hilarious stuff, which is bonus if you care about that sort of thing. Overall, it's a very fun and entertaining show. The hosts are funny, and they always share some interesting information while making good fun of Zach Bagans, our dear problematic fave. We have one from Ada Simone, five stars. I love this. Coming from Max's great Zach Bagans impression. God. Stay for a surprisingly insightful commentary on an amazingly uninsightful show. And cat cameos. As a bonus, get a free geology lesson. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have one from Hudenic. Cutenic. Uh, five stars. Extremely entertaining. I binged all the episodes over a week, and now I feel like I'm lost and don't know what else to listen to anymore. Help! I need more episodes. We're, Keep up the amazing work. We're doing our best for you. We have one from Kate Ray 29 uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend... This is hands down one of the funniest podcasts that I listen to. I've been binging it and cannot get enough. Fantastic job, and please keep it up. Thank you. So thanks for leaving those kind reviews. It does our it warms our heart greatly. Another way you can warm our heart is by visiting patreon.com slash insanely haunted, where you can get uh, cool content like our ghost adventures bingo cards or submitting questions to Q&A episodes. You know, there's all kinds of wonderful things. And if, you, if you if you do like the above and beyond, which we do not expect at all, but you can get a quarterly zine made by yours truly. With cool art. Yeah. And a sticker. And a sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I think that the other things you should do are... Listen to other shows on the Scavengers Network, our home mm-hmm. on the internet. Our good friend Mason was with us last week from Idaho Radio. There's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be an episode of Myth Takes featuring me soon. I don't know when, but soon. So check out Myth Takes. It's a really good show about tabletop RPG real play where we do spooky things. And thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. It was certainly a pleasure to be here today. Would you like to come back sometime? We should do this again. Okay, Great. cool. Awesome. So also thanks to Leandra for the artwork that we use on our show. Thanks, thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. And a reminder to please support and visit your national parks. August 25th is Free National Park Day because it is the National Park's birthday. Yay, happy birthday. Thank you, Yay. Teddy Roosevelt. Thank you, John Muir. Thank you, everybody else whose hard work brought us the national park system. Will, do you have a favorite national park? I do, and my favorite national park is Shen- Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. So go visit Shenandoah if you're in Virginia on August 25th. Otherwise, we'll be here. We'll have another episode for you soon. And of course, thanks for listening. And of course, thanks as always for listening. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. And I'm Will. And you just heard a A Class Class A A EVP. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. W-I-D-K. Do you wish listening to the radio sucked even more? Join Fish Day. It stops you from pooping, but it has its own good chemicals that fight the bad chemicals in you, and that's why yogurt's good for you. Lulu. I don't like shellfish to eat. Feels wrong, like you're just prying open someone's house and you're like, <laughs> The Professor. If you really think about it, a hot dog is just a soft-shell bologna taco. And mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena because that just seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. This is I Don't Know Radio. Search WIDK in your podcast app.